1: Come Together San Diego, and since the last Saturday of the month, you know what we do. We do a thing called the Align with Zion Hour, and my dear sweet friend from Jerusalem, her name is Honorina Chaiman. That may not last too long, but uh, there, there's wedding bells in the immediate future. And so <laughs> congratulations on that. And uh, we've got a, a wonderful show here for our listening friends. So Anarina, we're, we're, this is a, a Shabbat uh, Ro- uh, Rosh Kadesh uh, Sivan for us on the broadcast of this show, which is the entering into mm-hmm. the third month. And there's so much to be said about that. So I'm handing the baton mm-hmm. quickly over to Y.O.U. Go for it, Adam.
2: <laughs> Thank you, guys, and uh, also shalom to the to the listeners um, all the way from Jerusalem. Always a privilege to speak to all of you from Jerusalem and uh, just to delve into the amazing um, treasures that Hashem is sharing with all of us um, and the things that we can learn together. Um, yes, Kaz, Obviously, we're um, in special times, as always, but. And our generation so grateful to see things moving forward. Um, not just uh, the establishment of the State of Israel, but so many other things. Um, and seeing how t- we are moving also fo- forward in, in the world. Um, even with the coronavirus, yes. it, it tells us that, that Hashem is definitely putting things in place. We um, celebrated Yom Ha'atzmaut, Auto Independence Day uh, a, a few weeks ago. Um, and that all happened in the counting of the Omer. Uh, as the listeners know, Though those who have been following, they know that we've been counting the Omer soon. Uh starts Yom Yerushalayim, a very, very special day, as we said last time, um, and that was when Jerusalem was unified um, and when we got the whole of the Old City back. Yes. Uh, we also see that in Psalm 122, where it speaks of um, Jerusalem being a city that's knit together, uh, but this that, this has nothing to do with the old city. As the listeners also know, that the old city is not truly the the, the old city <laughs> of ancient biblical Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, but but that happened, and that was a necessary step to get us to the ancient biblical Jerusalem. But as we know, in the name of Yerushalayim. Um, there is a plural because there is a Jerusalem in heaven and Ooh. there is a Jerusalem on earth. Yes. And when we speak in Psalms 122 about Jerusalem being a city knit together, it means that the heavenly and the earthly one is knit together. The one doesn't replace the other one. They are just being connected again as we are right now in a disconnect. Um, and this is so important for the listeners to understand. Every day, we need to pray for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And if you come to Jerusalem, you will see that there is a massive metropolitan city. So why do we need to build Jerusalem? That's where they need to understand that the ancient biblical Jerusalem is only being excavated right now. The whole prophecy fulfillment of shake off your dust, arise and take your rightful place, O oh Jerusalem. That we see that in these excavations of Jerusalem, shaking off her dust, we saw President Trump acknowledging that Jerusalem is the, 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 the capital of the Jewish people, the eternal capital of the Jewish people. So celebrating a, a massive day tomorrow, but also reminding God that we are not there yet. And when the heavenly Jerusalem will be completely connected again with the earthly Jerusalem and God's presence will, will will again indwell us in the days before and even stronger yet uh, and we will understand we will have the knowledge of God um, spreading over the earth like the waters cover the sea. Yes. That's what we're praying for. Yes, so yes. so so we that's what we're celebrating. It starts tonight as the sun sets today. Right now actually over Jerusalem we're going into a very special time. So yes guys that's that's the counting of the Omer all these amazing dates happening in this, and we're discussing this cycle. So we are in a very special cycle of counting down between Pesach and Shavuot. Yes. Pesach, the, the exodus out of Egypt, and Shavuot standing before God at Mount Sinai, receiving His Torah, His Word, which was the Ketubah, the marriage contract between God and His people, all of that happening in the days that we are right now. Also, yes. I just want to remind the listeners that also, just add to this: in Yom Yerushalayim, um, um, tomorrow uh, or this day that we're going to have tomorrow <laughs> is also the day when Hannah or Hannah yes. prayed for Samuel, um, and or actually when she prayed the prayer, after Samuel uh, was born. So a very special day. To, yes, to let me
1: let, let me intercede here, my, my mm-hmm. for my listening friends. We are we are pre-taping the show, and this uh, Yam. Yeah. How do you how do Pronounce it correctly,
2: Yom, y- Yom, Yom Yerushalayim.
1: Yerushalayim, which is a plural. There we go. And it's the Wonderful. heavenly Jerusalem yes. knit together with the earthly Jerusalem. And that day Correct. actually in this calendar year falls on what we would call May 22nd, which is Friday, which is uh, yesterday, based on the broadcast of this show. And then then uh, Saturday evening is what they would call the head of the month, Rosh Kadesh. Sivan, which is the third month in the Hebrew calendar. Yeah. All this, you know, uh, Anarina yeah. is so excited, and I am too, because all these things are dovetailing with one another. The things of the past sure. are bespeaking the things of today, which will bespeak mm-hmm. the things of the future. So um, we're about halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through this first segment. So I'm going to uh-huh. hand it back to you because there's so many things we want to share. Uh-huh. The, the, you know, the, the, the harvest sure. seasons, the the moon, new sure. moons, and all this other stuff all coming together. Wow, right in front of our eyes. And maybe even uh, current day events as well. Amazing.
2: Correct, correct. (laughs) And let's go into, let's just dive into it, Kaz, because we're going to discuss what happens now in this time as well and how what is happening right now had to do with Jerusalem in the past also being saved by divine intervention by God. So let's see what happens. So um, we're between Pesach and Shavuot. The, um, um, the time of the Exodus and also the receiving of the Torah. And in this time, we're counting. And in this time, obviously, it's now the time of the harvest, correct? Yes. This is where the, the harvest uh, takes place. And that's why it is also the time of the Bikulim, of the first fruits. So, all the way from Shabbat to Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles, we have the time of the first fruits we call it bikurim you can hear the word bachur also in the word it's the same root bachur means firstborn the so firstborn and first fruits very much the same um, in the hebrew word as well so this happens between shavuot and sukkot and you can read a story in the bible in 1 Samuel 6:13 where we see that the ark was uh, of the, uh, the ark of the covenant was um, Returned to the Jewish people in this time by the Philistines. Um 1 Samuel 6, speaks about the people that were in the, harvesting their wheat in the valley. And when they looked up, they saw the ark coming. Um, the Selechians put it on a, on a wagon, and they saw it. So this is a very special, auspicious time, also because in this time, the Ark of the Covenant um, was returned to the Jewish people. Yes. So let's talk about first fruits, um, Kaz. Yes. Um, I'm going to get to the tachlis, as we say in, in Hebrew. I'm going to get to the the, 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 the real stuff. Many times we, uh, people tend to spiritualize it. Let's try to understand where it comes from. Let's understand what it will be again. Um, and let's understand how it's connected to God's plan and the land of Israel. So there are seven species. There are um, the seven species um, that's uh, mentioned in the Bible, Kaz. Uh, which ones can you remember? that you know this is part of the the, the special food of Israel that's it, mentioned also in the Bible.
1: Well, I would say, well, just from my uh, hopefully growing growing knowledge in the feasts and festivals, yeah. I would just identify, uh-huh. you know, the fir- the the first uh, grain harvest would be the barley, which is we're, we're counting the omer now, which there is we the go. barley harvest. Beautiful. And then that transitions yeah. into the next l- level of grain, and that would be the wheat harvest. Um, Perfect. And I know... Yeah. So there are some of the other an- ancillary fruits that are in there as well, but I just know the okay. seventh-month harvest is the harvest of the olives and the grapes. So, but but no, I don't know that there are some Let's. other fruits in there as well, but those are the three main uh, celebratory uh, festivals and feast times, from my understanding. Honorina?
2: Well spotted. So let's, I uh, hope while we were talking, um, the listeners were also thinking of what they understand from the Bible, the yes. fruits that are uh, mentioned, because we see it in the Song of Solomon. We see all these things happening. So it's the wheat and the barley. Then we have the grapes, the figs, fig tree, very important, pomegranates, olives, and dates.
1: Yes. That, and b- b- before, are- we, we, we have to be careful here because mm-hmm. I'm running into a, a break time. So I don't want you to jump into a, sure. a topic that's going to take sure. four days to. Uh, yeah. Consummate. So uh, we've got about 30 seconds or so left here. So where do you want to leave this to set the stage for the next segment? Sure. On,
2: so let me let me finish that. Just reminding the listeners again that we have wheat, barley, grapes, pigs, pomegranates, olives and dates. Those are the seven species belonging um, to, to the, the land of Israel. And when they were being packed and stacked into the baskets to bring them to, to the temple, Um, during these festivals, there was an order. Um, I think we've learned this before, Akash. There is always an order by which God does things, and we're going to speak about that. Even when it comes to the fruit of the land, there's an order that God does.
1: (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've got the uh, summary statement. We're going to pay it off in the next segment. When Anarina and I come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise.
1: And hello, back again for alignment. With Zion Hour, with my dear friend Anarina, and we we set the stage in the first segment talking about the seven different species of uh, uh, of fruit in the land of uh-huh. Israel, and we know that there are different layers of truths here, we just went into the superficial layer of the literal fruits, but I have a feeling Honorina is going to dig more deeply. We talked about the wheat harvest, the, actually the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grapes and the figs and the pomegranates and the olives and the dates and these things are all tied to the feasts and festival days in the Hebrew calendar and that's where Honorina starts digging more deeply and giving us the the deeper uh, fruit of the vine, if you will. Honorina, lay it on
2: us. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So in Judaism, it's very important to understand that everything has its place, and you have to honor it according to that. Um, whatever we eat, if I want to eat a fruit, there's a special blessing for fruit, there's a special blessing for vegetables, there's a, f- a special blessing for wine, and there's a special blessing for um, bread. And as we know, as we discussed before, bread is the, even if it appears to you as the, as the uh, most basic um, uh, food, um, it, it is actually in Hashem's eyes the, the highest. Um, so so with everything that we do, if I have a few things that I have to eat separately, I have to know which one to eat first.
0: Uh-huh. Because
2: in, in God's world, there's an order. Um, the same with books in Judaism, Kaz. You cannot just put any kind of magazine on top of your Bible. Oh, books my. have a, a status. You, you, and you have to make sure that your Bible is not... Um, you know, put on its head or the wrong way round or whatever. You have to make sure you have to honour books um, because God's words are in those things. So, and you also have to know that there are secular books and and even in the books, uh, the holy books that we have, like commentaries on the Bible, the Bible always go on top of the commentary, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so in that. Um, the Jewish people are always reminded that there's a, uh, an order. Uh, we also know that Jerusalem is higher than Israel. And in, in status, Israel is in status more holy than other places in the world. So always understanding the order of God so that you can know how to place yourself within that order. It's the world, Israel, Jerusalem. Within Jerusalem, we have the Beit Dash, the temple. The temple has its, um, the outer court, the holy, and the holy of holies. Within the holy of holies, we have the Ark of the Covenant, um, consisting of three parts. So you can see all the time that we, we keep on like a telescope, uh, pulling out the kedushah, the, the, the holiness. Um, and, and this is how we understand everything. Every, it's certain, everything has a different status, and we need to learn that. Um, so when it comes to the fruits as well, um, Cass, there's, there's a, a specific order, and I'm just going to mention it to yeah. the listeners. So when you had to come to um, Jerusalem, you had to pack your fruits, right? But you can't just pack it in any order. You start with the barley, then you put the wheat, then you put the olives, then you put the dates, then you put the pomegranates, and then you put the grapes. So th- that's the that's the status of, of these things. And um the whole way that you had to bring your first fruits to the temple, your whole journey, you had, they sent basically religious officials to come and accompany the people bringing their first fruits. It means that these officials had to see that the first fruits are being um, carried correctly, that, that nothing happens to them so that they can be. Presented uh, before God um, in the temple. So first fruit is very important. You don't mess with first fruit okay? And that's why if you want to go into a more spiritual understanding of these things, you have to understand how it worked on the Shetach on the on the in the in, in reality also. So that um, so that you can put more of an understanding into those things. So also, it can, uh, when when people ultimately came to the temple, it was a great celebration. I'm bringing my first fruit um, to the temple to present to Hashem. So let's see what it means because there's a great significance uh, about the first fruits. Um, by bringing your first fruit to Hashem, first you say, "I'm not ungrateful. I'm not haughty." Um, not forgetting my roots and where I come from. And in this, I acknowledge and remember God's goodness. In this, I place God above all my concerns because I give him the first. I don't hold back. The first thing that came out, I give to God. I say, You can have it. I know that you will provide again. Um, I'm giving you the choices as well. And then you also acknowledge God as king. So, by giving your first food, all these things are being presented to God, which is to also help us not to become complacent because there's another verse in the Bible that Moses says that when you come into the land and you eat and you're satisfied, you're going to tend to forget to thank God. Because when you're satisfied, you forget things. Mm-hmm. It's That's only true. when you're in need that you want to to ask God, oh I need this, oh I need that, and by the time you get it, you forget to thank God. So the, the whole mechanism of the first fruit is to put first God first by giving him my first. And then I can go and do whatever I want and, 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 and let my life uh follow that. So 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 that's that's the first fruit. Um yeah. So I'm gonna start also now going into the story how I'm looking into these things, caring about the commandments of God brings about divine interventions in your life. So, Kaz, you joined us in the city of David uh, a little bit later. about a year ago. About a year ago. Exactly. And we went um, through the city of David. We got to the Ezekiel's tunnel. You remember that? Uh, a very important tunnel, 533 meters. Um, that was dug underneath, and let's see what happened. Cass, is there? Can you remember what the story is behind the Hezekiah Tunnel?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, David's mighty men uh, ascending the tunnel to actually take this Mount Jebus and make it Mount Zion. Uh, yeah, I, I remember yeah. it clearly. That's a big part that's, that's uh, of the, the story.
2: That's, no, that's, that's the shaft. That's the Warren shaft. That's when, correct, when David took the city. But that was Hezekiah's tunnel. Oh, okay. Not,
1: oh, oh, you're, you're um, talking about the roadway alongside that that is... Uh, being uncovered I'm, talking about,
2: no, I'm talking about a, a tunnel that, that, that uh, 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 redirected the water from the Gihon Spring to a different place in, in Jerusalem. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story. It's an amazing story. And when you come to the city of David, you can walk that tunnel. You can actually, we're talking about a tunnel that was about 2,800 years ago. Until today, you can actually walk in that tunnel. So what happened was um, and this is very important that we said again, because um, I think the listeners remember that we spoke about the kingdom that's split into two kingdoms, correct? We have the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. Yes. Many times when you read the prophets, you will see that God speaks about the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel, um, also called the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. After Solomon um the kingdom split and we had the rest of the 10 tribes in the northern kingdom and that is called the house of israel so remember that because when you read in the prophets the house of israel it's got nothing to do with the jewish people the jewish people today is not the house of israel they are the house of judah yes so it means that there are 10 tribes out there that we lost and many of these, uh, many people are starting to identify themselves yes. with these ten tribes. One and the, and the is one tribe that is, is
1: tied to Judah, we have to say, is also the tribe of Benjamin. So that, that, that those are those are two, yes. and then the other ten, what people may call the lost tribes, but soon to be found.
2: <laughs> yes already being found um it, it's happening and that's why it's happening in nowadays so that is very important so um just a little bit of the story and then we're going to have to go into a break again but let's talk about the reform quickly hezekiah was one of the most righteous kings He's not the righteous king in the bible he's described as the, the most righteous king so it gives him uh, a, a really uh, amazing status there he did a great reform he fought what he's father put in place, um, all the idolatry, he fought the nation tooth and nail to get them back to the temple service, to bring the Levites back on their place, to get the festivals to to be kept um, as well. And with all of that, he also brought in the Bikurim, the first fruit. And um, in the next section, I'm quickly going to discuss what he did and how that saved Jerusalem.
1: Very good. My listening friend, I hope you're thrilled by this. This is, this is opening your eyes. This is not just a cursory reading of Scripture. This is digging more deeply, and that's why our Creator built it this way. You know, you can take it on different levels if you want. A lot of people just go, well, I'll just stay with level one. Thank you. But there's so much more. And we're discovering those with uh, the help of Honorina and uh, the Align with Zion and Align with Zion Hour. So up next, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, King Hezekiah and Honorina, and I come right back.
0: Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.
1: Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. And this show within a show, it is called The Align with Zion Hour with my dear friend Anarina giving us the story of the king called Hezekiah. Give it to us.
2: Thank you,. Yeah, so we just said that he was um, bringing a massive reform um, in in the, the land of Israel with the people of Israel, bringing them back to to serve God the way that God wants them uh, uh, wants them to serve him according to the Torah so uh, an amazing work that he did, and then something really strange happened because um Okay, first in 2 Chronicles 31.7, we see something. It says in the third month, which is Sivan, which is going to start soon. Um, um, let me just see on the calendar, it's going to start on the 24th of May this year. But on the first of the biblical month, Sivan, in the third month, they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finish them in the seventh month. And that tells us exactly what we just discussed, that the first fruits, are between Shavuot and Sukkot. Sukkot is the seventh month. So that places us exactly where we are right now. Um, and here it speaks of heaps, some kind of heap. And if you read that, it, it, it um, refers to the Bikurim, the first fruit. So the, the these first fruits were heaped up in front of the temple, um, and he started to lay the foundations of that, very important. Um, and then it says that after these things, in 2, 2 Chronicles 32.1, it says, after these things and this faithfulness, meaning after Hezekiah fought with his life to get the Jewish people back, um, Sanherib, uh, Sanakareb, King of Assyria, came, mm-hmm. and this is sort of strange, guys, because you do everything, you give God everything, and at that moment, He sent you your worst enemy. You go, that's the thank you that I'm getting after everything oh that I've done. Yes. Um, and let's see what happened, because what God did here was an act of absolute grace. So we need to understand what 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 happened. So. Um, Now um, Sennacherib is coming, he's the Assyrian king, and we spoke about the two uh, kingdoms in this time. This is the time of the Assyrian exile where the ten tribes were exiled only judah was only exiled during the babylonian exile but before that there was a Assyrian exile and that's where the northern kingdom all of them because of the they 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 got really entrenched into idolatry and because of that they were exiled and we lost things like you say for a while soon to be found Um, but now as these uh, cities are being destroyed in the northern kingdom, we have refugees running down to Jerusalem trying to get um, refuge in Jerusalem. And with that, the king of Assyria is coming, and he says to Hezekiah, you can read it all uh, in the Bible, you can read it, where it says, the king of Assyria says to Hezekiah, I'm destroying every city in my wake, and I'm coming for you, because I'm coming for Jerusalem. Um, It's a very, very... um, Difficult passage to read to see how the psychological warfare that this king played on Hezekiah. In that, Hezekiah is now enlarging the city, and when you come to the, and when you come and see the excavations, you will actually see how um, Hezekiah actually broadened the the whole of Jerusalem, how he enlarged Jerusalem. If you go on the Line with Zion site, you will also see um, on our homepage how the city looked after his, the Gaia actually enlarged the city. So he did two things: he enlarged the city, and he actually rerouted the water from the Gihon spring, in order for the king not to get there, in order for the Syrian king not to take it. Because in the ancient times, guys, when you take a city, you take its water. Take the water, take the city, because then the people don't have water. Yes. So he had to reroute the water. In a, in, a, in a very short time, um, bigger tunnel. We still don't know how he did it, even today. It, almost an impossible feat, but they did it, obviously with the help of God, and he enlarged the city. So now all these things are done. He's got a little bit of refuge for the refugees of the ten tribes, and now uh, Sennacherib is actually on his doorstep and saying, here I am, now I'm going to take Jerusalem. It is at that point that Hezekiah goes to Isaiah, Isaiah was the prophet at that time, and he says, I've done everything. Now you go and you pray, because there's nothing more than I can, what I can do. Isaiah goes before God. He intercedes for, the, for, for Jerusalem. He comes back, and he says to Ezekiah, this is what the Lord of hosts says. Not even an arrow of the Assyrian army will touch this place. Right. And um, something very interesting happens, because The next morning when they wake up, the whole Assyrian army that has... Um, Wrecked complete havoc over the whole of the land of Israel, completely destroying and exiling all the ten tribes in the northern kingdom. The morning when they woke up in Jerusalem, that whole army was either dead or gone. Um, God sent a plague in the middle of the night. He he, um, intervened divinely, and that morning um uh, isaiah's words came true the prophet's words came true so the question is what happened and this is where we trace it back to the first fruits and Hezekiah doing this reform the moment when he brought the people under god's will doing god's word, he brought them under god's protection if you do god's will if you do god's word then he can protect you. If you go from outside that, God cannot protect you because he's the one that gave us um, the boundaries and says, when you stick to this, I can, I can take care of you. So God waited for King Hezekiah to bring the nation back under his commandments and his will in order for him to protect them from the Assyrian king's assault, and God patiently waited for Hezekiah to do that. So here you can see how all of that actually um, happened, and why God sent the Assyrian king only after yes. Ezekiah. Did well, before.
1: well, you see, you know, a, lot, a lot of times in our way of thinking, we go, we've done all these things, and why is why are negative things coming against me? Well, it, it, they sure. haven't really fully come against you. They they are there so that God can. Uh, illustrate his power and his mercy in the midst of these contrary times. So that's what you're saying here. Uh, Hezekiah yeah. purposed to do what God uh, directed, and to the best of his ability, he was obedient to that. And so, all of a sudden, you have this threat um, coming uh, from the
0: uh, but Syrian. But
2: knew this. If you look at the history, you will see that there were three Assyrian kings that that in in. Stages attacked Israel. Uh And then the time when uh, Sennacherib had to come and attack Jerusalem, something happened in his own country, and he was taken back. It's like God literally delayed the attack until Hezekiah could get the people back under God's protection. But there's something to note here, and this is what the listeners need to understand. It's not that the enemy did not come. The enemy came. It's going to happen in your life. The question is, where are you at when the enemy comes? Are you under God's protection? Because then you will be okay. All these things, the virus that we have right now, it's going over the earth. Where are you? What are you doing? If you are under God's, um, if you're doing God's word and his commandments, you have his protection. Do uh, understand this, that the enemy will come? It's part of... Um, what has been decreed is part of God's plan. Even that we can see in Isaiah 54, I think it says that God creates also evil. It's a very difficult verse, and we're not going to discuss that right now. But everything happens in this world under God's will. Nothing can happen if God doesn't allow that. So, so all of these things are allowed. The question is, where are you with God when these things happen? The other thing that I want to point out is, um, we can see that Hezekiah did everything that a human possibly could. That uh, he put every effort in. He enlarged the city. He rerouted the water. He he brought the people back to God's word. And then when the enemy was standing at his doorstep and he said, I've done everything. I can't do anything more. And that's when God, God started to act. And all these things that he did was minute in comparison with what God did in, on one night. Yes. But we have to do, in the times when we have the opportunity to do things, do what you can. And then you give it to God and God will take over. But you have to do your part.
1: Yes. You know, my listening friend, here's the thing, that you can take a lot of things away from what Honorina uh, shared with you now, but I think the biggie is this. Even though your heart is to do God's will and, you, you know, we say, okay, well, we've done God's will, so evil cannot even present itself to me, but the truth of the matter is God uses these things to show his glory and intervention if you've done that which is right. And so then you're covered. But if you are not doing what mm-hmm. God wants, then that covering of God's mercy and protection is not there, and you have to suffer the consequences. So that's a real call to us to be uh, aware of what God, uh, uh directives are and obey them and then entrust and that he's going to intervene in the midst of that. So in the ne- last segment, well, I'm excited about uh, on Arena, because we're going to, take these things that you shared on the specific dates and times and probably Mm -hmm. extrapolate them into history and say, that's what happened originally, and here's how it played out or is playing out Mm -hmm. in history. And Ana and I will come right back.
0: More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And here we are again for the last segment of this Come Together San
1: Diego special broadcast of Align with Zion with my dear friend Ana arena And I think uh, it, it was great for you in the, in the first few segments. You kind of set the stage for this last uh, segment. It's actually taking the things that you shared and showing out how they play out even into the future of those times and even into the present of these times. So Ana arena give it to mm-hmm. us.
2: Thank you guys. So, um, as we are finishing off the the Omer and we we've, we've now passed Shavuot the feast of weeks, we know that between we established now between Shavuot and um, Sukkot we have the time of the festival of the of the first fruits. But now we are entering into the summer months and just like we saw with the winter it's dark and then we get more into the lighter months, the months that's full with light, something else happens. Now we're entering the, the, the heated months. Um, and that brings with it also the uh, fasts. Um, we've discussed this in depth already. Uh, the listeners that's been following with us know that there are full fasts. You can read about them in uh, Zechariah. Zachariah 7 and Zechariah 8. In Zechariah 8, it speaks that these four um, fasts will ultimately turn into feet as well. But we are entering that right now. Within the month of Sivan, again, we have a turnaround. Something turns, and we need to know what's going to turn. We, know, we need to know how it turns so that we can align ourselves with that. Now, on the 20th of Sivan, um, is a day that marks the beginning of, of a lot of um, calamities against the Jewish people, pogroms, especially in Europe, um, where things always go sideways um, during the last 2000 years. Um, thank God we are in our country. We are seeing the turnaround, but we're not there yet. And this time, it's not just for the Jewish people. This time, it's for the world as well. So we have to understand that we're going into a danger zone, <laughs> yes. and we need to know how to to navigate ourselves through that. So um, we will also see the seventeenth of Tammuz um, coming up soon, and that's the that's when uh, the, the walls were breached. There were actually a few things that happened there, and I just want to share that with the listeners. Uh, so that they can understand um, what's going to happen in the months coming. So um, during the 17th of Tammuz, um, a few things happened. That is the time of the golden calf, when the golden calf was uh, worshipped. And we also know that um, after that, uh, terrible things happened. Um, I'm just going to go through the list here. First we have that, and then we have um, the offering of the daily sacrifice, was suspended during the first temple period. On the same date, um, um, in the second temple period, they broke through the walls, um, ultimately destroying the temple. Um, we also had um, Apustamus, the wicked, burning the Torah. And we had um, uh, Ante- uh, Antiochus, a very difficult name in, in, in English to pronounce, Antiochus Epiphanes, who actually erected an idol In the temple. So, all those things happening on the 17th of Timothy. We always see that these things cluster together. Also, on Tisha B'Av, when both temples burned down, other things happened as well. Um, But I want to get back to the golden calf and what happened there because most of the times when I find, especially Christians reading the Bible, they go, What a super generation. God shows them all these miracles and then they have the chutzpah (laughs) to go and and, 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 and build a golden calf. What's wrong with them, you know? And then you go, guys, there's a little bit more to this. If you understood who this generation was, if you understand what actually happened with the golden calf, there was a there was a reason why Aaron did what he did. Um, he was trying to to hold the nation back until Moshe came because the nation calculated incorrectly, and and then all these uh, things happened. And it wasn't really done by the Israelites themselves. It was done by the mixed multitude that followed them out of Egypt that instigated this whole thing, and 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 ultimately. The, the jewish people suffered from it but what we need to understand is and you you mentioned it in the fr- uh, uh, previous segment. you said some people think that if i'm walking with god in this holy path that i'm walking with him evil will never present itself to me um wow that is um a pride for excellence right there <laughs> if you think that way um pride comes to a fall that's what we read in in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs as well. So be careful what you do. We saw that God allowed David to be taken by a spirit to count the, to the nation. He, he, he allowed that onto David. And then we have Job. God literally says to the Satan, you can go and visit Job. This guy didn't do anything wrong. Also a few um, nuances there that, that need to be discussed. But we, you can see that God allows sometimes that, that the righteous are being tested. So again, the enemy comes, and you have to know what you're going to do. So what happened during this time? What happened during this generation is they did not sin. uh, There was no chance for God to teach them how to repent. And with their repentance, a path was built up to our generation to know how to repent. If this generation, one of the mightiest generations, um, went through this, it was for your sake that they were tested. So don't judge them. If you see somebody going through a terrible time in their life, and it looks like they are doing terrible things, and terrible things are happening in their life, don't judge thing. You have no idea what God is doing. You just go at that point and you say, this can happen to me as well. What can I do to help that person? Let me give that person the benefit of the doubt. And maybe if that person is going to get out on the other side, they will be a better person for it because they will be stronger with God. Most of these things are happening for our sakes. That we know at the end uh, how to repent. Why is this so important? Because of the things that are happening right now in the world. Um, we're about to go through the negative fast cycles, and um, there is a group of people that is doing the, the nation's bishop of the nation's ninth of us. It's a group of Christians that are joining the Jewish people. In, in in fasting on that day, where the Jewish people are fasting for um, the temple that was burned, for, for the mistakes that we've made, the Christians are doing it, um, showing the, the Jewish people that they understand that they have brought upon the Jewish people terrible things that was not ordained by them, that was not... Um, um, approved by God. And they come and they say to the Jewish people, we are sorry what was done in the name of Christianity to the Jewish people. So in in in, in what they are doing, in that repentance of facing what Christianity did towards the Jewish people, we are building tremendous bridges.
1: I can tell you how much I am with you on this on arena. Uh-huh. Much of my time here in San Diego County is uh, encourage unity in in, in, the, in the body of Christ, and I part of my presentation or my posture is the the intimate relationship uh, between Jew and mm-hmm. Gentile, the, uh, or let's say a Christian and Jew, because if you look through history, we have done a tremendous injustice to mm-hmm. uh, the Jew to Israel. Uh, to Hebrew people, I mean, it has just been terrible, and God wants mm-hmm. to restore relationships that he had intended to be Correct. intimate from the very Correct. beginning.
2: For for the opportunity that we can have this platform to discuss these things, yes. I think that the, 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 our Christian listeners can learn that the tremendous depths of Judaism and how God has been guiding his people throughout the generations and how we have seen his salvation through every generation and that we are truly now in our country back and and God's redemption plan is playing itself out and that um, what we've learned through everything is that there is a way that you can understand God's governance, the order that he has set in place, um, the system by which he runs it and how you can align yourself with that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anarina. Uh, as a as a Christian, my heart for Jerusalem and the Jew is 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 very deep and wide. And so, Honorina, I want to just mm-hmm. thank you personally for joining with me. And we're doing something that's kind of uh, uh, unheard of in many ways, coming together like this mm-hmm. and sharing the mm-hmm. Hebrew uh, perspective on things in a on a Christian broadcast like this. But it's an honor mm-hmm. to do that. So, my listening friend, uh, this. Uh, The Align with Zion Hour has concluded, and uh, that doesn't mean our times together with Honorina have concluded. It just means that we'll have to wait to the next Saturday, last Saturday of the month, to find out what else she has to say. So, Honorina, (laughs) thanks for joining us.
2: If you if you if you can excuse me, I have to go and get married now.
1: <laughs> no, that's exactly no, right. We'll tell, <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you more about that uh, the next time we meet together on the Align with Zion Hour, Honorina. <laughs> oh, <wonderful. laughs> you're
2: excused
1: to go get married.
0: <laughs> God bless you. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise, more Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back to Come Together San Diego. I have a great
1: co-host. He's the author of a book called Urgency, and he's writing that like crazy. He's almost done with the thing. And he's a revivalist, a a former U.S. Senate staffer, Frank Shelton, a friend for a number of years, and he's going to help you dispel some of the anxieties you may be feeling about what's going on with COVID, but also what's going on in the United States. He's been in the thick of things in, in and around the U.S. Senate for 17 years in the, his past life, <laughs> and uh, he is a revivalist and worked with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and so many different things. So we're going to tap into your experience, if you would be so kind, Frank Shelton, and uh, I'm going to hand the, hand it off to you. We can talk a little bit about Pakistan. We can talk a little bit about Covina. The Cov- I'm sorry, Co- sorry Covina. I didn't mean that about you, my, my nearby <laughs> Orange County area of the city, COVID-19. I did that before, Frank. I didn't mean to d- discourage our Covina friends with the COVID. <laughs> talk, talk, talk to us, Frank.
3: Yeah, well, um, the whole thing, Cas, is so. The second week of March, I was invited to go on a top secret mission to fly by myself from Washington, Dallas, to fly all alone to Lahore, Pakistan. And I preface that. I was invited to preach with the man who's known today as the Billy Graham of Pakistan. I was going to preach on a Wednesday night to about 30,000 Muslims at a church, and that's a massive church in the States. But when you add it in a predominantly Muslim country, it's almost unheard of. And then two days later, we were going to drive to the most dangerous region of Pakistan, and I was invited to preach to 150,000 Muslims, Oh my! about about 15 miles from where they killed Osama bin Laden. I was told I was going to be surrounded on the rooftops by the Taliban. My wife cried for a week, and at 48 years old, I wasn't on an ego trip. It was a missions trip, and to be honest with you, I I can't think of a single pastor that comes to mind who would have boarded a plane, bought his own ticket, fly all alone to one of the most dangerous regions of the world, with no security, no love offering, and no guarantee to come back. They told me, quote, Frank, you can come, but you may not come home. And the whole reason I was gone, one, God called me to preach the gospel. Number two, he that wins souls is wise. And number three, Kaz, I really believe in my heart, I wanted to dispel the lie that Christians do not love Muslims. Jesus loves Muslims. He died for them. God created them. But Muhammad is not the answer to Almighty God. It's Christ alone and through the cross, his burial and resurrection. And I've been blessed to lead Muslims to Christ one-on-one in a taxi in Dallas, Texas. I was blessed to lead a Muslim priest to Christ in 2012 in London, England. And I really believe if I got up on that stage, two or three things was going to happen. Either thousands, and I mean thousands out of that 150,000 would have come to faith in Christ, or I was going to die trying. Yes. And had I taken a bullet, it would have gone viral on YouTube. And to be honest, I also felt compelled to wake up a sleeping church in America. Later this hour, we're going to talk about the deep state. Yes. But God gave us a word. My friend Stan Lovings used to be on staff with Billy Graham, and he told me on the phone two days ago, we— Know about a deep state in the government, but what we need to be talking about is the deep sleep that the church has been in, oh almost hibernation, and we are asleep at the wheel. We're MIA, missing in action. And when Christ needs the church standing up, most of us are content sitting out, waiting for the next stimulus check. Oh my, that's a and
1: that's up. a real point. Let's let's launch out into that because. You're talking about a deep sleep. You know, the the Scripture talks about the wise and the foolish virgins, and there was a juncture in their relationship where they were both asleep, and then they were suddenly awakened, and one had the oil, and then one didn't have the oil. This is a time for we who are the intimate believers in Jesus Christ to not only awaken, but also equip, be equipped, and to to go forth in what God calls us to do. There's never been a time like this. And uh, I have a suspicion, and you can just weigh in on this. But I have a suspicion that this COVID virus, and even the uh, uh, disunity, and the, uh, the the people protesting in places like um, Minnesota, and, and places like at, in Georgia and La- Atlanta, and Detroit, things and going on in the Los Angeles things. The, all these things uh, are sometimes God uses these things to have his church wake up and start doing what we've been called to do. And here we are at Pentecost weekend, the Sunday, coming where the churches are supposed to return with vigor and uh, allow Holy Spirit to intercede. Any thoughts on this, Frank?
3: Yeah, well, number one, the first day of this, when we were all sent home, um, I knew something was off when they said go home for a week or two, but we weren't even into it a week on our house arrest, and that's what it's been. Oh, House my. arrest, yes, we were there a week, and they were already canceling graduations two months out at the university, so oh, someone my. wasn't telling the truth. But having said that, God gave me a message, and I preached on reset. so the reset, if we use it to our advantage, there's a reset, and when we repent, we now find a recipe for revival. There's no revival without repentance. And now that we have this reset, we can go from sleeping to actually serving and swinging for the Savior like never before. Yes. I preached Sunday at a drive-in theater, uh, excuse me, at a drive-in church service on the Eastern Shore of Maryland near the Chesapeake Bay across from the Bay Bridge. This is last recently. This is just recently. This past Sunday, Mm -hmm. last Sunday. And and full speed with no notes and completely anointed by the holy ghost the holy spirit gave me a phrase that i've never said in a sermon and those who know me i do tend to preach a lot with alliteration but even when i used to write speeches for a congressman when it was alliteration it was usually also alphabetical so i know that this was the lord because although it was alliterative it wasn't even alphabetical and and i said just on the fly preaching my heart out I said, God told me in the near future, we're going to see one of three things. We're going to see a riot, we're going to see revival, or we're going to see the rapture. And within 48 hours, Minneapolis burned to the ground. New York City was on fire. Last night, they tried to jump the gates of my former place of work, the most powerful place on the planet, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And the crazy thing is, riots became a reality. And you know what, where there are riot fires, I believe there's going to be a revival fire yes. that's going to burn greater than ever before, because Satan is not only a loser and a liar, <laughs> it's the Lord show, and he's in control, yes. but he's also a counterfeit. So what Satan tries to produce, only God can create. See, yes. Satan can imitate, yep. but it took God creating, and this is where the saints need to stand up where clergy cannot be satisfied sitting on the sidelines. I know more than anybody, uh, and I say that respectfully, not arrogantly, and you get it, because when we say respect those in authority, well, number one, true authority is God, not government. Number two, I still lead a weekly Bible study to politicians in the state capitol. But the answer is in Christ, not Congress. And yes, we need to honor local authority, but the Bible also says in the last days, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves Come on. As, some do, as the coming of the day comes closer than ever before. Yes. So, you know, I just believe that we need to wake up, we need to stand up, we need to step out, and God's going to show up and show off. Hey,
1: you know, have so, you ever considered, than, Frank, that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy, not only loves the Word, but I track fairly closely closely uh, the 1906 uh, revival, the Azusa Street revival, and Correct. Many of the people that were uh, involved in that, it was basically a the empowerment of Holy Spirit, like uh, people hadn't seen you know since the Book of Acts chapter two, and a lot of people are speculating that the this Azusa Street revival is being revisited in many different ways here here as we enter into uh, Sunday worship times, for example. But it, the church basically has been lethargic in many ways. And uh, you remember what happened in in 1906, concurrently with the Azusa Street revival up in San Francisco, there were fires and all sorts of anxiety going on in in the nation as well. And all of a sudden, this is the juncture where the Lord intervenes, um, and here we have you know uh, fires and rebellion across the United States and the COVID thing and everything else. This is kind of like one of those insert God here. <laughs> Moments. Correct.
3: <laughs> well, let me tell you about. We, we've got about fire. two minutes
1: in this segment. Bring, uh, bring it to a point where we can make a transition and talk about deep state in the next segment. Frank. Amen. Go ahead.
3: Well, let me tell you about another fire, but honestly, where we failed. Uh, Billy Graham's mentor was the great D.L. Moody, and D.L. Moody was one of the greatest evangelists of all time. He was preaching in the Wendy City, and he was known to bring the heat and he was preaching a revival in the midst of a series of multiple revivals that week, Uh, Satan talked out the great preacher not to give an invitation that night, let his folks go home and marinate, let them simmer on it, let them think on it, let them sleep on it, and then maybe tomorrow invite them to come to Christ. And for one of the rare times in D.L. Moody's ministry, he listened to Satan more than the still small voice of God. He did not give the altar call he did not give an invitation to respond to christ And the moment he closed the bible and got off the platform he knew he missed it he walked with trepidation back home got to his knees at his apartment and said oh god i missed it forgive me may it never do that again and before he could fall asleep he heard the sounds of screaming sirens and it was the night of the historic chicago fire oh my. true story it burned the city to the ground the church was burned to the ground, and there was no more revival oh my. in Chicago. And one of the greatest evangelists played it safe, opposed to tears preaching Jesus saves. And they went from marinating it to Chicago being barbecued oh more towards the devil's favor.
1: My, my. We're going to talk so more about this. We need this. to preach it hot. Yeah, yes, yes. We, and we're, we're going we're gonna to open up the stoppers in the remaining uh, portions of this uh, Come Together San Diego show with... Frank Shelton, and I'll tell you what, we are in pivotal times, and there's no time to be feeling like you need to be on the sidelines or just observers. This is time. You were built for times like this, my listening friend, and we're going to talk with Frank Shelton a little bit more about not only how God is structuring his kids to be ready to jump out and obey and obey quick, quickly, but we're going to talk about things that politicians have... Uh, twisted, or deep state has twisted in America, and all these different strategies that the enemy is working, that God is going to turn for our good if we wake up (laughs) and, 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 and shall shall we say, uh, smell the uh, communion bread. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Okay, would you stay with me, Frank? We've got so much more to plow in the remaining 30 minutes of the show. My listening friend, I hope you're excited. Get ready, because I'm going to sit... Frank Shelton loose and see where he goes. Look out
0: world. And Frank and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, I am back
1: with a uh, a friend of mine, Frank Shelton. We've been friends for a number of years doing other radio things together in the past, and I, I saw what was going on uh, in the world here, and I I, I tracked Frank quite a bit on Facebook and other ways. Uh, he, he's a remarkable guy. and. When I saw some of the things that he was facing that had really pertinent, uh, related, uh, themes to what we're, we like to talk about on this show, Frank and I decided to bring him on. And here he is. It's really great to have you, Frank. We, we, we talked about, we just mentioned a, uh, two word phrase. And I think this has elicited a lot of attention to the listeners. So I'm going to let you take this. And that word, that phrase is deep state and you know the echo in the background the deep deep, deep state, state 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 but but there's more to it than just a, uh, a set of words there is an evil diabolical plan and uh we're seeing some of the uh, uh productivity if you will of that in 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 the world today but also facing this government and facing people who are trying to do Judeo Christian values i'm going to hand the the baton to you frank Shilton, and uh uh, give us your insights on the topic of deep, deep state and maybe even as it may relate to COVID may relate to elections and may relate to uh, the restrictions against the church for having church yeah. services. All this stuff uh, has a, a strangely evil common denominator. Go for it.
3: Yeah. Well, yes, without a doubt, we're looking at, you know, there's racial tension without a doubt. There's partisan political tension, um, but I think we all could agree, guaranteed, it's a spiritual thing. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, with principalities, powers, and darkness. But, Kaz, I learned long ago, and, and I literally was born on Capitol Hill. Um, you know the story. My ancestor hand-carried President Abraham Lincoln across the street, Good Friday, 4th, there, 1865, the night he died. So our family goes all the way back to, to Lincoln, and I'm not talking cars. My father oh protected my. eight U.S. My daddy protected eight U.S. presidents. He was a top cop with America's police department, the United States Capitol Police. He was in charge of Bill Clinton's first inauguration. And dad would have died for any one of those eight presidents. I think we have a problem today that if my dad was willing to die for one that he didn't even vote for, how come we can't pray for someone who thinks different than we do? So here's the catch. The difference between a politician and a statesman a politician is thinking of the next election the statesman is thinking of the next generation oh, and there's government and then there's the shadow government and I've been on both sides of the fence I was a bipartisan figure probably the youngest in 40 years to work on the floor of the United States Senate and it was an honor and I love that verse whatever your hand finds it do it yeah. for God's glory well, yes, yes but yes. here's the catch if you don't bow the knee to Almighty God Your God may be political power. It could be a star on Hollywood Boulevard. It could be as many zeros as you can get in your financial portfolio in New York. Anything other than God becomes an idol, and we know God doesn't like idols. So having said that, my dad graduated from the FBI in 1978. At one time, they were the best of the very best. But my dad has been so disappointed after graduating from their National Academy 40 years ago My dad doesn't even wear his class ring anymore. They went from patriots to almost partisan policing. Now we still have some family friends who are still there, whether employees, sworn officers, contractors, they are committed, dedicated, selfless servants. But there is a rogue bunch that we've even seen the way they mishandled coming after General Flynn who abused their power for maybe a guaranteed advancement, but what looks like a foolproof plan at the start makes one look like a fool at the finish. And some of them have sold their soul to get the next rung on the ladder. And it's dangerous. You were a big help with Franklin Graham coming to I think it was Escondido. In San Diego Diego
1: County, yes, indeed, not long
3: ago. Well, here's the thing. If your listeners Google, I did 10 of Franklin Graham's 50 state tours, and it was an honor, and I was in charge of two of them, Delaware and Maryland as a state coordinator for BGA. If you Google tonight quiet skies, you've heard of flying the friendly skies, but the quiet skies is a program that TSA and air marshals have implemented that if you have ever helped bring a rally to a state capital. I'm not only talking peaceful protest, I'm talking for prayer. One could automatically be listed on a watch list as you go through an airport. And I know full well, having been a state coordinator, some of my colleagues and I have talked, I know what it's like to be followed in airports. I can pick out the air marshals on the plane. I've been in hotel lobbies and we have literally been shadowed and under surveillance. They knew they could never find any dirt on a gram, but if they could somehow find a state coordinator who was running on empty on a spiritual treadmill going coast to coast and just had a moral failure, it would bring a tarnish to not only the grams, but the gospel itself. And praise God, we were able to keep on keeping on. But that's why my listening friends I'm not just talking leaders. I'm talking lay people. I'm not just talking clergy. I'm just talking born again Christians. The world is watching you like never before. Everybody has a press secretary in their hand with an iPhone, and there's no room for error. And in these last days, we need to stay close and we need to stay clean because the enemy is looking to bring people down. And you know, whether it's the CIA, the FBI, some rogue folks, uh, there's some organizations, even the chief of police in the neighboring cities last night said 80% of the people that were arrested were not even from the city or the state where they were rioting and looting.
1: Say that These again. Folks, so they, the people yeah. need to have this registered in their heart and mind, what's yeah. going on it, here.
3: It, the chief of police of those major cities said in press conferences, quote, 80% or more of the folks who were arrested for rioting and looting, didn't even live in the city, much less the state. Wow. We're convinced they were busted, in. we could name names, but you could probably fill in the blanks. Yes. But do you, th- you do have- you think
1: do you think you know it's our constitutional right to to make our voice heard or or make our presence known? So there, in in a group, something like that, there may be some innocent people saying, "I just need to st- stand the ground for something I believe in," and then other people are brought in to be seated into those groups that throw things and uh, try to incite riots and things like that? Is that part of the equation?
3: Yes, And and unfortunately, that is the honest truth. And someone made a valid point. Yes, it was horrific what those four law enforcement officers did. But the catch is, if it was really for the precious brother that is deceased, where is the funds going up for maybe to help the one left behind. If there was kids involved, where's the college fund already kicking in? You know, you don't run out with 70-inch flat-screen TVs saying you feel bad for a brother that was completely killed on the street. Uh, Two wrongs don't make a right, and i rather follow the footsteps and the rhetoric of Dr. King that we know that peace and prayer will combat hate and rioting all day long. There's a fine line between protest and rioting. One is American, the other acts like the devil.
1: Oh, my. You know, Frank, what, uh, what I'd like to do is gather your thoughts during the commercial break as we're going to spend some time actually ministering to the listeners here who have a level of anxiety saying, what now? What do I do? Well, here's the thing. God wants to team up with us. It's not like it's going to be God intervening without our prayerful support and uh, and it's not going to be our prayerful support without God's intervention. So it's going to be a, 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 a two-way street here in the way that we deal with these things. But I'm going to ask you to really spend the next uh, last segment, Frank Shilton, to really communicate these truths to our listening friends and give them hope, but also uh, put a little fire under there, and that's we'll call it Holy Spirit fire. Are you willing to do that, my friend? Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> my friends, get ready for some Holy Spirit fire and uh, ignition and five, four, three, two, one. Then there's a lot of different things that are going on in shuttles and things like that. But the ignition lights and the rockets go off, and we're ready to ignite those rockets when Frank Shelton and I come right back.
0: More come together, San Diego with Cas Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. phrase. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And I'm back. We can hardly believe that this
1: is the last segment of the two-hour broadcast for Come Together San Diego. And boy, are we hitting our pace here. And our our co-host for this show is Frank Shilton. He's a remarkable guy, a speaker, an international revivalist. An author of a book called Urgency, uh, Billy Graham Evangelist Association front man and a guy who has spent 17 years in the U.S. Senate, uh, uh, with the bipartisan staff, uh, working with people from both sides of the aisle. A guy who has been there and observed things. And he's here to give us some words of consolation and instruction. But we're also, can you believe this? We're also at, in the, in, at the, launching point or the springboard into the pentecost sunday which is reminiscent of holy spirit baptism of the book of acts chapter two church i mean all this stuff and also the time when the the ten commandments were given by moses on mount sinai all this stuff is happening right now frank um I I ask you to pray into this, and I know you're you're a guy who prays all the time. So would you be so kind as to see what Holy Spirit would like to tell you in light of consolation to our listening friends and instruction in light of where we are and where the Lord wants us to be? It's not all on us, but uh, our obedience is on us. So, Frank, uh, lay it on us.
3: Yeah, well, thank you so much. You know, if anyone is discouraged, we've all been inconvenienced, number two. Uh, I was invited to preach in 10 countries this year alone. Uh, just two weeks ago, I was invited to preach in Nicaragua. This past week, I was scheduled to preach on a Royal Caribbean cruise to the Bahamas, Honduras, Mexico. Next week, I was scheduled to fly back to the Holy Land. And then July 24th, I was going to be a chaplain for the third time at the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. While they are going for gold, I was going to give them God. We saw 1,054 people get saved in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil at the 2016 Games. Yes, yes. Gold is temporal, God is eternal. In August, I was scheduled to fly to the Philippines and speak to a 1,000 senior pastors to encourage them on evangelism and to reach the loss for the Lord, because time is ticking. This is one thing I want to share with your wonderful friends in California. Number one, the mask that we have been wearing, actually, even if you caught the COVID-19, they're telling me you had a 98.6% chance to recover, even if you got it. The crazy thing is it's a diversion because they're more afraid of a virus that you would probably survive But 100%, you will stand for a holy God. And if he was to ask you, why would I let you into my heaven? Most of us are living in fear, but we haven't been born again by faith and grace. I think we need to throw off the mask, because if I can be frank with you, Satan hides behind the mask. And the interesting thing is the mask has also been to suppress and to silence Christians. There's a lot of people been saying, oh, you guys know that the church is not a building. And that's correct, because God's not coming back for beautiful brick buildings, but blood-bought believers. But he also said, don't forsake the assembling of your faith. The same folks screaming, it's just a building probably didn't even go to Easter Sunday service the last two years there, God wired us for intimacy, for fellowship, iron sharpens iron, and we've gone from laying on the hands to laying on car hoods as you leave the drive-by church. Now, you saw with Rodney King there were drive-by shootings, but I just really don't think drive-by service is what God had in mind. But <laughs> whether we're preaching at a television studio, I've preached to 100,000 at Mandela Stadium in Uganda. I was just supposed to preach in Pakistan. I preached last year. Are you ready for this? At the invite of Daniel Ortega, I preached on the floor of that Communist Congress and gave the gospel in Nicaragua. You know, I believe even communism needs evangelism. (laughs) And red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in their sight. So if I was willing to preach to the Taliban, I believe we need to stop throwing in the towel. We need to have been on our knees because prayer is more powerful than the Pentagon. And once you've plugged into Him, that's when we'll start to win. we got to get past fear. We need to get totally in the game for faith. And I'm telling you, in these last days, the world is looking. And to be honest, some Christians are dissatisfied for the lack of leadership that their pastor has showed in this season. We're willing to go into battle. We need to stand up. And while I get the mic, I do believe we need to pray for Governor Newsom. We need to pray for the governor. We need to pray for the senators. We need to pray for everybody because, you know what, yes, we need to pray for those in authority. But true authority, true power is knowing Christ as our Savior. You know what, you can be on the Armed Services Committee. You can be connected to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And you can be one of 45 men who've had an office that happened to be Oval. But you will not know true power until you graduate from what government says. And once you start doing what God said, let's go out and lift up his name and reach the lost at every cost.
1: I like it, Frank. That is so good. That is so good. My listening friend, here's the, and Frank vocalized this even better than uh, I could even hope to. And thank you for doing this, Frank. My listening friend, we're coming Face to face with with the a God directive here, and that is, you've been. He's poured His Spirit into you, and He wants to pour it out of you into other people. He's going to use you as that vessel if you're a willing vessel. But you can't be that willing vessel if you uh, uh, quarantine yourself back in a corner and do not Amen. put yourself in an environment where you can uh, splash a little bit. And I don't, I'm not talking about. Uh, COVID-19 virus saliva. I'm talking about Amen. Holy Spirit baptism. And here we are right now in San Diego, California. We have an opportunity to be the Lord's spokespeople. And sometimes we just cower in, oh, I need to wear a mask at all times, or I need to, uh, you know, six feet of separation. All these things have uh, a mandate to them, but the out- overlying fact is Holy Spirit should be your direction and your guide. And if he's not, then we're cowering in fear, and uh, we can't entrust God's intervention when we're disobedient. We've got about two or three minutes here. You want to uh, to uh, say one more conviction, and maybe we'll pray together over our listening friends, and uh, let's see where God takes us. Because I have great anticipation, Frank Shilton, that God is going to do mighty, mighty, mighty things with a willing group of believers. Thoughts, Frank?
3: Amen. Well, I I just want to share with you, um, we would be remiss uh, coming to Christ as easy as the ABCs. And uh, just, A, we need to admit that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. B, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but demons can even still tremble with fear. It's not just believing, it's C, confess with your mouth Mm. that Jesus is Lord. And that's where the conversion takes place. And I'm not pushing religion. I'm just offering a relationship with Jesus. Tonight, I'm not inviting you to a Hollywood star. I'm talking about Heaven's Son. We're not talking about Gandhi. We're talking about God. We're not talking about Buddha. I'm talking about the Bible star of the show, Jesus the Christ. And if you're not 100% sure that Heaven is your home, I have good news. Three words, God loves you. God somehow <laughs> takes our dark dirty sins and when we dip them in his rich red royal blood it somehow becomes like white fallen snow all we have to do is repent jesus told nicodemus you must be born again and just whisper a prayer like this say lord jesus
1: lord jesus
3: i'm a sinner i am a sinner but you are the savior you are the savior i've heard that christ died for the world
1: I've heard that Christ died for the world.
3: But I realized tonight on a radio show in San Diego.
1: But I realized tonight in a radio show in San Diego.
3: If it was just me.
1: If it was just me.
3: Jesus would have died for me.
1: Jesus would have died for me.
3: Forgive me of my sins.
1: Forgive me of my sins.
3: I believe that they put you in a borrowed tomb.
1: I believe that they put you in a borrowed tomb.
3: But on the third day... (laughs) And on
1: the third day...
3: You rose again. You rose again. So I'm not trusting in a dead God. So I'm not trusting in a dead God. I'm trusting in the living Lord.
1: I'm trusting in the living Lord. Save my soul. Save my soul.
3: Be my best friend. Be my best friend. Take me to heaven when I die.
1: And take me to heaven when I die.
2: In Jesus' Name
1: I pray. in amen. Jesus name I pray amen Frank Sheldon thank you for joining us my friend what an inspiration you are my listening friend this is an opportunity to stay close with God but take the wax out of your ears and listen and quickly obey even in the face of contrary times because he will inhabit our praises our proclamations, our love shown of him to others He will he will he will just invade that and watch what he will do especially now and especially beginning this Sunday. As you visit a church, <laughs> let's see what God does. Frank Sheldon, thanks for joining us, my friend. My listening friend, we're out of time, but I'll tell you what what an inspiration Frank Shelton has been. A very, very quick website that people can find out more about you, Frank.
3: Yes, sir. FrankSheldon.com. S H E L <laughs> T O N.
1: My listening friend, God bless you. Frank, always a fun, 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 fun uh, time together with you. God bless you guys. It's time for us to go and Just entrust that God is speaking to you and entrust yourself to obey and obey quickly. God bless.
0: Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego.